Hallelujah. He is the reason for our living. Amen. We thank God for His presence and His assurance that He does not forsake us. There is an old scripture union chorus which says that it is a great thing to serve the Lord. And we add in the main chorus, walk in the light. Hallelujah. It's one of the songs that kept us going and has kept us going on serving the Lord all these years. Um, I love that song so much. It means so much to me. And I pray that it means a lot to you as well. And so this morning as we enter into the noon, I'm inspired to speak on walk in the light, in the light. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We desire to receive your word. Your word, even if the fire in your word burns us, help us to contain. If your hammer, Lord, hits us, help us to be molded into better beings to serve you. Lord, transform us. Manifest your glory in us. Let your word have a free course in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you and I know, in the last few days, we have been seriously pondering over the word of the Lord in the of chapter 60 of the book of Isaiah, the prophecies of Isaiah, and particularly the line that says, Your sun will no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. And as I've always done with scriptures, and I thank God for um, anytime I look at the issue of context, I've never forgotten my um, teacher, T.N.O. Kwakupom. Uh, he always taught us that when you are reading the Bible, you always need to do contextual reading. And he, through punishment, I learned to, do, to study the Bible through context. Hallelujah. In other words, you look at the preceding and subsequent issues, three behind it and all, so that you, your understanding is within context. So anytime I open the Bible and I'm looking at it within context, I remember Kwakupom. And even those days he was not born again, now he's born again. And I thank God for that experience in school. Walk in the light, according to Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 60 and verse 20. You know, I asked myself a question. How did we get here? 
How did we get to the point where, even though the beginning of creation, God had already provided light for mankind? According to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, one of the things that God, the Bible talks about, that God said there was darkness and said, let there be light. There was light. Why do we have to travel so many books and chapters of the Bible for God to now be telling us in the middle of Isaiah's prophecy that receive the light. And I, the Lord, am your everlasting light. How did we get there within the bigger frame and within the immediate storyline? Hallelujah. When you read the prophecies of Isaiah, one of the things that's very clear is that those prophecies are to a people that had disobeyed God. And they are up in, in exile. We're going through subjugation or oppression. It is in Psalm 137. You know, when we were secondary school, and thereafter, I don't know whether it is uh, Abba or one of these groups. Uh, these groups made a song by the rivers of Babylon. Bonnie M, I think, yeah, Bonnie M, made a song. And we thought it was an entertainment song. We sang it like music, because we like the rhythm, we like the beat. But it's a prophetic message that the Jews who were in exile were lamenting. And it's still very relevant to you and I today, because the Jews had been promised a land full of milk and honey in the time of Moses, in the time of Joshua. They have seen it. They were feared by all nations. Then suddenly, as they got comfortable, they began to rebel against God. Prophet upon prophet came. Ultimately, they said they want their own king. And when you look at it, if you're not careful, you would look at it only historically. But again, if you look at it within our context, you see that our journey as believers is probably not too different from the Jews. Hallelujah. We were all in the world. We're not born again. We met Christ. We come into the church. At a point in time, if you are not careful, even other fellow believers can help you to be very complacent, laid back, not value spiritual things. That is why sometimes when you come to meetings, services, prayer meetings, or Sunday services, you see people, people may come when they like, they may come once, they come at like, uh, what do you call it in faith builders? Uh, sandwich classes. They come to church sandwich. They come for communion. Miss, then they do hop, step, jump. Hop, step, jump. In, in, out, 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 in. University of Ghana. Out, out, in. Out, out, out. Then, final year, you come back in. Because, 
We don't know that these songs that were sung by the Jews when they were in exile is you and I. And it's within that context, Jews, Christians, who were people's, God's own people, lost in exile. How did they get, up in, get into exile? We will understand in chapter 59 of Isaiah's prophecy. You see, understand when you are reading it also that the prophecy originally did not have chapters. It's, it's just, you prophesy, say something, they just continue and break and continue the story. It's biblical scholars that broke it down. So if you look at 59 and 60, it's not two different scenarios. It's a continuing story. If it's a new story, you see at the beginning something that shows that. But you see the way 59 ends and the way 60 starts. Talks about arise. It means somebody went down. Somebody was sleeping. It means somebody was blind. It means somebody was in the dark. It means somebody was crippled. It means somebody was lame. It means somebody did not have the full energy to move and to do what ordinary people have. Hallelujah. When you begin in chapter 60 by saying, A man who is running is not told to arise. A man who is walking fast is not told to arise. A man who is shining is not told to shine. So if we are told to arise, Shine. It means that we, the, the, the people that are being addressed were going through a gloomy experience. Things were down. People, pe- pe- people, people couldn't lift their spirits up. The prophet, the Lord, through the prophet, was telling them, arise, shine. So let's go back to chapter 59. Exactly what was going on. The beginning of 59 will help us. We will not read everything. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. It means that the people were crying for salvation from the Lord, from their oppressors. It means that he said that he cannot hear. It means they thought they were praying, but the prayer was not having effect. They were cutting themselves. They were fasting. They were doing things. If you look at chapter 58, you see that one of the things they did was they were fasting. And the Lord said that this fasting you are even fasting is not the godly way of fasting. They tried to remember some of the experiences they had had under Moses and under Joshua and under Elijah. They had heard that Elijah fasted a number of days. So they too, when they were going through the agony, they also fasted. We do that today in our uh, neo-Pentecostal, charismatic, evangelical circles. We do all that we want to do. And when we are in crisis, we just think that, oh, the, 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 the push button is do a 30-day fast, a 20-day fast, a 5-day fast, an 8-day fast. Like we start in the year, many churches, many denominations, some are doing 60-something days. Some are doing 30, some are doing 20, some are doing 5, some are doing whatever, dry. Some are in natural mountains, doing all kinds. But beloved, the scripture says that the Jews were not different from us, or we are not different from the Jews. 
So they were there in exile. They were trying to fast to attract God's attention. Then they were also trying hard to cry. So the Lord's hand is not shutting that he cannot save, nor his ear blocked that he cannot hear. So they will go to the mount, to the wailing walls in those, those days and other places that they know how to cry upon God. And it didn't look as if their prayers were being answered. And people were giving them quick fix and then, oh, if you do, if you, if you, if you've been to Bethel and the prayer was not answered, go to this other Hebron. If you go to Hebron, it doesn't get answered. Go to this other place. So they moved from place to place. The scripture talks about um, when uh, 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 Solomon died and the, uh, Rehoboam came. And then Jeroboam, the rebel leader also came. The Bible says he also set up a, 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 a place of worship in Bethel. And some people who did not want to go to Jerusalem, the other tribes, they all followed him. And he, said, and he made of them base or low-level priests. In other words, people who, who were not really qualified for the priestly office. So when people become desperate in the dark world, they get misled by all kinds. Because there's desperation. There's frustration. Hallelujah. That is the context. That's where we are coming from. And Isaiah 59 tells us this thing. Say the Lord's hand is not shut. And that verse 2 gives us a clue. He says, it is our iniquities... That has separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. So that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled. And your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice. Nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words. And speak lies. They conceive evil. And bring forth iniquity. They hatch vipers eggs. Hallelujah. And weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies. And from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. And it goes on and on and on. When you get to verse 9, it says, Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. Because of sin, because of iniquity, there is frustration. And it's as if, when we talk about justice, two ways. What we believe to be heavenly justice. You know, sometimes we, there are rights that a believer should enjoy. There are privileges that a believer should enjoy. But sometimes because of iniquity, because of sin, because of lies, because of bloodshed, lying with, and all kinds of things, we are deprived of that which God has said. Hallelujah. That which we know that this thing for a believer is anathema, is, is, is odd. But we see that we are stamping, we are crying, we are, we, are, we are doing the things, but it's not happening. Because we are making heavenly invocations. We are making heavenly confessions. We said we should sow a seed. We are sown a seed. They say we should turn around six times or seven times and see a miracle. We did it. We say we should try the 24-hour miracle. We did it. They, they gave us a prayer book. And we said all the prayers. Some of the prayers were calling on the powers of the dark and of the deep of the oceans to come down. It didn't happen. It's like one of these 
prophets in the pre-election prophecies who said to a young lady, I be prophet Jerry something something as you hold it seven times. Victory! One! Victory! Two! Victory! Three! And there was no victory. That's how it is. So the scripture is described. For we grow up. When you grow up, it means you are blind. You are, you are trying to feel the world and feel objects. To see and to feel, to know. Many of us, we are in church, but when it comes to... What, what is the indication that we are, we are in the dark or we are in the blind side? The way we can't discern even the voice of God. When you dream, you are always looking for people to interpret for you. It's a sign. It's groping. You've been a believer for five years, ten years. Everything that happens to you in your environment, you, are, you, you look for so many people. Even when pastor has explained to you something in the scripture, you still go around about four or five times to see. It's a groping spirit. You will say you are not blind, but in reality, by your spiritual, the way you relate spiritually is an indication of your blindness. Hallelujah. The way you, 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 you respond to the word of God is an indication. Things that are obvious the fact that if you look at your tithe, you've been in the faith for like five years, six years, ten years, you still argue about tithe. You are still arguing about tithe. You are groping. You are arguing about tithe. You are, you are disputing basic things you should know. Paul said to the, uh, to the, uh, the, uh, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews, at the time you ought to be teachers, you are still based. It's a sign of groping. And it's a sign of darkness. Hallelujah. We look for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, we walk in blackness. That is the context. That is where we are spiritually. Poor vision. Stumbling. The same issues. You go on further, you see, it talks about stumbling, falling, rise and fall. The same issues. Wait, the fact that we are rising and falling, the same sin, the same things. And you say, oh, everybody has his mistakes. Oh, we, we ask everybody. If you, that argument is going on in your mind, something is not right. Don't be complacent. Don't just say that, oh, that's okay. Because the Bible even says that uh, uh, the sin that easily befits us. So it's not, no man is perfect. No. That we must grow from one degree of perfection to another. One degree of glory to another. Say amen. When there is lack of progress. Don't just sit. Lack of progress spiritually and socially. You have been around in circles. Cycles. You haven't learned to take your life and your destiny into the hands of the believer. When I, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I've dealt a bit with the spirit, I'm dealing with the natural. Because, you see, the light that we are speaking about in chapter 60, when you go down to 21, in fact, from 20, the latter part to the end, which is, I'll, I'll mention shortly, you will see that the light we are talking about is not a light just for you to be uh, prayerful or to know God. But the knowledge of God must translate 
into your religion, certain aspects of our lives. And you see it in the scripture. It's clearly written. And it, there is no ambiguity about that issue. So if a child of God is going around, there must be a spiritual explanation in the sense that even if God says, like you told Paul, my grace is sufficient for it as a spiritual explanation. If God says, I want you to wait, wait on this mountain for another 10 years or 5 years, you, there is an explanation. So you are content with the word of the Lord. So even though it may be an adversity, there is a word that is holding you in that adversity and giving you strength to travel and to wait. It's not just a, 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 a trial statement. There must be a rhema from the Lord that tells you, even though I am going through this situation in this marriage, this is what the Lord has told me. I'm going through this situation at this workplace. It is a persecution. It is a difficult moment. But I am not just blind in it. I know what is happening. I'm aware of the, the agents of the enemy and the arrows that fly by day and by night and all of it. But nevertheless, I see the Lord giving me the victory or giving me the upper hand. I know there is an assuring way that, that is not helping me navigate this difficult terrain. But if I'm just in there and I'm lost, and the, because of that, whether it is uh, anybody who seems to offer a spiritual solution, I'm accepting, then I have a problem. Amen. If anybody who says, guess what the Lord said, say, oh, because he said he had a dream. Uh, I was there, and my sister's pastor said he dreamed that uh, he saw me in a dream, and the dream said A, B, C, D. The sister pastor doesn't know you. His prophecy, his word, by divine arrangement, must come to confirm what the Lord has told you. Because the scripture said again in Amos 3, verse 7, said, The Lord your God, he will do nothing except first he tells the servant the prophets. You are the prophet, you are the man in the house, and they passed by you and taught your wife a prophecy, and you are sitting in the house, you don't understand spiritual principle. And you, you say, oh, because he's a man of God. He can be a, a, a prophet of God or, or a bishop of God or an archbishop of God. He, you are the divine priest at the gate. You are the gatekeeper of that household. And you have the authority to accept or to refuse. It doesn't matter. You see, nations that are even small, Fiji Island, all these Formosa, small, small countries, some of them, they require visa. If you are an American citizen, your country can be 100 times or 500 times his country. If you are the ambassador of the U.S. and you are coming to his country, and he, does, he says, you are not allowed, you are not allowed. It's immaterial how important you are in your territory. In his territory, he's a champion. The fact that I'm living in a chamber in hall doesn't mean that you live in an airport or cantonment, you are more mighty than me. No, in my chamber hall, I'm also a champion. Yes. So, in the, there are spiritual rules of engagement. Many of us allow the enemy to make a shipwreck of our lives because just because people come and impose and intimidate us with spiritual kind of, you know, titles. You can be his excellency plenipotentiary extraordinary. If you enter my territory and the territory does not, you, are, you don't have access. I don't give you access, you can't enter. So if you are a father or a man 
and you, 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 you want God to do something for you in a situation, you need to take charge. And taking charge doesn't mean just more, more, but being spiritually connected to the source of life so that you can apply your rules of engagement. Amen. So he says, the signs that you are, we are in darkness is when we have misunderstanding, we lack understanding, when there's discouragement all over, when we are in cycles of sin, as Isaiah has explained in chapter 59. When you see that your life is a cycle of sin, repeatedly, I mean, but still, you are, you are giving up on the situation. You are not seeing the grace of God in a particular cycle of sin. It's an indication that there is darkness around you. Hallelujah. You try to lift yourself, but you see you are always down. You, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you don't have a sense of confidence to step out as a child of God. It means something, you are down. You are, you, are, you are oppressed and you are suppressed by the enemy. And that is the message we are dealing with when we come to chapter 60. Hallelujah. Now let's, I only want to belabor the main scripture because it has been spoken about many times. Let's go down to verse 20, the last part. It says, and the days of your morning shall be, what did he say? And the days of your morning, in the New King James, chapter 20, the last line, what does it say? Let's say it again. And, oh, you don't sound like you want to end any morning in your life. Let us say it with a vim so we can end it. One, two, three, let's go. And the days of your morning shall be ended. Oh, you didn't hear me. And the days of your morning shall what? Now listen. The essence of all that we are dealing with. God being our light in this year and beyond. Number one benefit is that every morning, not morning as in evening and night, Every grief, every emotional calamity, any emotional oppression, any depression, we are dealing with, the the light has come to deal with psychological, psycho, whatever issues, emotional issues. Mourning stands for emotional wahala. Depression. Low self-esteem. Confusion of thought. Anything that makes you feel low, that makes you not enjoy the, uh, serving the Lord with gladness, which will bring a curse upon you, according to Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. Because you, you did not serve the Lord with gladness, the Lord will bring poverty, you bring uh, uh, nakedness of, uh, and want of all things. So, it's very important, this part of the scripture. That when we say we are invoking the light of God, I need the light to deal with every emotional asset. A child of God, in this year, you and I must not finish a day in anger. You see, those of us who are dealing with anger, bitterness, frustration, let this word take every anger. Every, if somebody insulted you, if somebody despised you, if somebody looked down on you, Rise up! That's what he's talking about. 
if you felt insulted by the way they, they, they greeted somebody, they didn't greet you. Oh, wake up! They shared the things. They didn't remember you. Wake up! They, they, you, you went to a program. When they were doing the roll call, they mentioned all the people and they left you out as they left uh, 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 Mr. out and had to re- get him back in. Oh, you are here. Sorry. Sorry. You haven't been left out. Don't be angry. Don't walk out. Wake up. That is a word for you. Don't let anybody take away your joy. Don't let any treatment or more treatment or ill treatment take away your joy as a child of God. Because your joy is a weapon for the year. Because the joy of, your, of the Lord is your strength. Are you with me? The joy. And the days. Because the Lord will be your light, everlasting light. And it's a, it's a, it's a continuum. It's, it's following the light which has now come. The different explanations of the light I would start there now. But if you stick on to this. And because of the light which has come. If I have the light of God. God is my light. My everlasting light. I cannot be depressed. I cannot be crying every day. I cannot be coming to church looking cheerful and crying. There's a song that says, tears down my pillow, pay me my... What are you talking about? Why are Broken heart. Away. He jilted you and so what? She jilted you and so what? Live! Live! I said live! A man's life, Jesus said, does not consist in us. They cheated you on the business. You worked, you labored day and night for the people. You, you thought you were, you, were, you were, it was all of us. But you got to a point where you realized that no, you didn't get what you deserved. One of my late senior men used to say that, which means that when we share the food and we, leave, we eat all and we leave you out, then you will be gloomy, you will be moody. That's all it means. It goes with moodiness or uh, clamor or anger goes with being left out when the sharing takes place. So every time you remind me, Mocha, yo. When you are saying, remember this person, because even if you legitimately acquired something, or you have done some labor, and you deserve your labor, you work for somebody, and when they have to pay you, they find an excuse not to pay you. And because of that, you are bitter, you are angry. This message is for you. This message is for you. And the days of your mourning shall be ended. You have mourned six months. It's okay to, to, be, uh, to be sorry, to be angry for a moment. But the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go in your anger. Don't say, oh, because of this, I will never want any woman in my life. Because of hey, women, huh? fear woman and save your life. And you have put it on your, on your door. Fear woman. You bought a trotro, fear woman. Taxi, fear woman. And some people will put, cry your own cry. As if it's something to be happy about. 
Because you are sad at a point and you wrote, I mean, as for me, I have nobody to pass me. me we didn't grow up with this, this other bad environment that they, you people have. As for me, I mind my own business. I cry my own cry. So look at it, as they say. What is that? Hallelujah. The book of Lamentations have ended. You are not going to add any chapter to it. Jeremiah has finished. He has put the pen down. Boom. He's dead and gone. The books have closed. You are not going to buy your, your dead crying and creating more wraths add to the book of Lamentations. 21st century Lamentations book. You can add on. What is written is written. The rest is encouragement. The rest is the light has come. Tell your neighbor the light has come. No more mourning. Listen to this. 621 And also your people and also, also also means what? It's the preceding verse is part of this. The benefit of the Light. Another benefit of the light is that you and I are no longer going to stumble in walking in righteousness. We, we are going to apply the grace of God and not walk in unrighteousness, not walk in, the, in, 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 in our own persuasions, but also righteousness. Also, your people, all. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. It's only the pastors who can do that. Or this person who can. That's what it is because they are different. Maybe they live, in, they, they live in this environment. Me, I didn't start this way. We don't know. The way I live is like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not easy to live for God, though. Also, all your people. All your people. Say, Amen. Your people. All. Every one of your people. And for those of us who have spouses, who are born again, children who are born again, and people who are born again around us, and, we, and you are believing that God's light will shine, they are in the church, but sometimes you can get so, you can be so hopeless about people's situations. But this word applies to those people as well. Oh, you don't, I didn't hear you. I said this word applies to those people, so you cannot write off anybody who is named after Christ in the church. Don't, dis, don't dismiss people and say, oh, this person, this Adwa, Akosia, Ama, Kofi, oh, we know him. Say, not here, not here. No! And also, your people. Who are your people? Your family members, your children. Sometimes some of the children are difficult. Some of the parents are difficult. Some of the fathers are difficult. Some of the husbands are difficult. And some of the church members too are You know it. If we listen to you and we don't have this word, we'll be discouraged. So now we are going to believe that the people will, they will conform because the light has come. They will change. They will love God. They will be righteous. They will turn away from their sin. They will walk in righteousness. They will walk in holiness. They will not bring us wahala. Hallelujah. Do not go and create a fight and expect us to sit and arrange chairs. All of they will tell us about the good news of the peace of God. Amen. Because the light has come. Say amen. Now, they 
they shall inherit the land forever. This is where we evangelicals, Pentecostals, charismatic people love so much inheriting the land forever. What is yours? This is not this is not having inheritance for this one is earthly land that God gave to the Jews. We are dealt with the righteousness. He's talking about the land that God has given to us also, the Jews. That no strange nation will come and take that which he has given to his people. Hallelujah. The land which the Lord has given to you, the husband, the wife, the physical establishment, the business. Don't be anxious. John 10, 28, 29 tells us, that which God has placed, has been placed in the hands of the Lord, none is able to pluck out. When God spoke to John in the book of Revelation, he said to him, I am the Alpha and the Omega. When I open, nobody can shut. When I shut, no man can open. Has he blessed you? Has God opened a door for you? Who is able to take that way? Sometimes when, when God blesses us, we are anxious, we are afraid. Look, they can try to rob you, but the Lord will replenish you ten times. They come one way, they will flee seven ways. Don't take the battle. The scripture says the battle belongs to the Lord. This whole idea of always thinking that, hey, who is going to steal from me? And, and, and being so worried. And many of us, as we go and, and God blesses us one thing or the other, we are anxious. We don't even understand the principle that God said that it is in giving of the little that we have seen that we will even get more. We sit on because we say, I don't want to lose it. We, I used to have a family friend years ago, certain very rich man. He had so many, before he died, he had so much wealth. But earlier on, about 40 years before then, 30, 40 years before then, he was a very rich timber merchant. Very, very rich. And had many shops in Kumasi all over the place. And unfortunately for him, the money just vanished. I mean, it just went bad. Business went bad. So when he became rich again, he bought equipment. He had so many things. When you are going to his bedroom, I was privileged to be one of the few people who used to visit him that close. He had two or three tiers of security. Get, get. We always used to be afraid that one day he would just die and lock for 10 days and nobody would even get to know. Because he felt so insecure. The money had come. The God had given the land forever, but he never felt safe. Are you getting it? When the light comes, and as the light has come, this whole anxiety that, oh, if, if I've gotten media, mitrasu, I will enjoy it. No, no, no. There are biblical principles that relate to the money that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Welcome. There is a way that God has blessed us to keep His wealth. He gives you land. He gives you houses. Don't be so, so, so much protected. So much as if that is all there is in life. It is automatic. He will give. He said, they shall inherit the land forever. The land, that, the one you have, the, that you are on, he even will add more. So there's no need to be anxious. The little you have, apply godly principles. 
Give and it shall be given to you. Bless. Open your door. Sell. Like last week is coming next week. Bless people. Be generous. That is how he increases your land. As you give more, God gives you more. Some of us, the year has started. If you like, go and look at your wardrobe. There are many things you never wore the whole of 2016. New shoes you bought. New clothes you bought. New whatever you bought. You never use them. And the year has come to an end. 2015, some of them were there. Cases of stuff you never used. And you still have them. But because you don't understand the biblical principle, you are just guarding. And you want fire to come to your house before you give? Don't give it to fire. I'm not saying fire will come to your house. <laughs> but I'm just saying that God's light has come. Number one, to deal with our emotional problems. Number one. Number two, to deal with our moral and spiritual relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the righteousness. Number three, our riches, our physical wealth, our establishment. There's no point in being insecure, being anxious about whatever God has given to you. That house, that husband, no, no, don't be anxious about him or her. That wife, those children. Some of us are so anxious about our children. We, are, we have sleepless nights. It's an inheritance he has given to you because the light has come. Hallelujah. He says, the branch of my planting. He's talking about fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Every child who has heard this word, who applies his heart to faith, is certainly going to be fruitful. You can hear this word and be unfruitful. Hallelujah. Fruitfulness in soul winning. Fruitfulness in character. Fruitfulness in business. Fruitfulness in, in life. People will drink out of your well. Get ready. Prepare yourself that many will drink out of your well. He says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed which a man planted. He said, out of that tree, many, the bears of the air, even unbelievers in your family and other places will come and drink of you. Because you have become a fruitful person. You are the branch that the Lord himself has planted. Hallelujah. You, it is only he who can handle you. And then when you go to John, you talk about the branch. You read that he's going to be, this is also cautioning us about pruning. See, anytime the Lord plants a tree, he says, I am the vine dresser. Be ready for rebuke from the Lord. Be ready for challenges of the Lord. Be ready. The light doesn't mean that the Lord will not challenge you. It's not all going to be rosy and smooth and sweet and uh, in the sweet by and by. No. There may be times that some God will bring a situation that will challenge you and I. But because there's light, you understand the situation. You understand that it is God who is speaking. You understand that, oh, I am a child of God. Even if the, 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 the summer wind or whatever, the winter wind, whatever blows, I'm still safe. So in spite of all the oddities, you are still feeling safe. Say amen. Because you are the planting. She said, the planting of the Lord. The branch that the Lord himself has planted. If the Lord himself has planted you, Wherever you are, that job place, he plants you. In that ministry, in that marriage, he plants you. Don't, be feel, don't feel insecure. Don't feel threatened. Anybody can hang around. Any flower can hang around and give an indication that they are important. They are not. Don't worry. Be secure. Remember once upon a time, remember I call it, we had a, a, a slogan. Secure in 94. 
I think I'm right, or 93. 94. So feel secure if you are the planting of the Lord. Where you are, if you, don't, when you go on the job, let's not haggle and struggle for position, lobby, and sometimes go and say this here, go and say, just so that you can be elevated. No, child of God. Don't get involved in that. Political time has come. Last week I was talking to one guy. Say, we are lobbying, we are, we, are, we are connecting for a position. Oh Lord, child of God, you shouldn't do that. Well, don't, don't lobby, lobby. Let the Lord promote you. When you are the planting of the Lord, when he puts you in that position, you are there, you are secure. You don't have to struggle. Nobody, they can throw the arrows by day or by night. It may look as if you are coming down, but the Lord himself planted you. Say amen. And because of his light, you'll be stable. You see, no shaking. We are the works of his hands, workmanship. Look at verse 21 again. The work of my hands. That I may be glorified. That I may be glorified. Let me say this thing. All these things we are talking about, if God blesses you to be holy or to righteous, if God blesses you to, 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 be, to have the land, if God blesses you to overcome your emotional situation, if God blesses you to do things right and to be planted and to be unshakable, remember as a child of God, the essence of it is not for self-glory. It says that the glory will be your God. All this light we are coming talking about, it's not about being boastful. It's not about being, say, oh, ask for me, I have arrived. Ask for you, I don't know. Or Quedru. Eh? We, it's not like that. It's not like, oh, I have arrived, so ask for you. What happens to this? I don't know. It, it matters. And it happens, it matters to God. Hallelujah. The whole thing we are doing is that God may be glorified. Everything we do, whether I, if I can sing, if I can do anything in church, if I can do anything as a, as a husband, the scripture said, Paul said, what is it that you have that was not given to you? 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. Everything we have, if we can share the word of God, there are many people, they have been preaching for about 20 years, 30 years. Nobody, they don't even have 20 people coming to listen to them. So it's a privilege to come on a Sunday. When you, the people come, it's the grace of God. God, we could come here one day and find only us and our family. Amen. We could go to, we, we, we could do all things right. Pray right, fast right, do everything right. And just a few will still be around. So if people can listen to us, it's the grace of God. If God can give us a name that we can, we, we can talk and introduce, they ask you, what church do you belong to? A, a man of God, like Abu Afek, can come and say, oh, I love your church. It's the grace of God. If you can sing and hold a mic out there and lead in the choir or conduct or play the drum in the light that we have received, know that it is God's grace. He says, that all these things, that I may be glorified. Say it again, that I may be glorified. That he may be glorified. That what? Beloved, I want to end here. There are a few other things, but just for today. Let me sum up by, again by saying that God dealt with Israel with that prophecy for a reason. The reason is because they had backslidden so much and it is easy for you and I to go along that path. Sin Iniquity, lying, backbiting, every evil word, murder, 
All the things that are listed in chapter 59, they are a sign to us. The Bible says the things that happen to them, they are an example to us. Hallelujah. So let's not detach ourselves from it. And as he took them through that, he taught us also lessons. And he's saying that if you don't want to admit that you are in darkness, the scripture is very clear. Your poor vision shows that you are in darkness. When I say vision, the fact that you can't see far the things of God. The fact that you, when you read the word of God, it's just complex. The fact that, you are, that we, we keep stumbling, we keep going and get up, rise up. It looks as if that's a normal. And we are condemned. We're feeling down. It's a sign that we are lost. We are in darkness. The fact that we are not making significant progress spiritually and even in other areas of our lives. It's a sign that maybe we are in darkness in that, those areas as well. The fact that we are we, we misunderstanding or we lack understanding. We are groping. We are trying. We don't even know. We don't know who to trust and who to depend on. It's a sign that we are in the dark. It's a sign that we are in dark when we are discouraged. And that is why when the light has come, the, light has, the first thing the light dealt with was to deal with our mourning. Hallelujah. He took away the mourning through the light. When the light came, he brought up righteousness. He brought us that we might walk in his righteousness. That the light has come so that you and I will show forth the inheritance of the Lord that he has given to us. The light has come so that we will feel secure in his plant. He said, we are the branch of the Lord. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We will not allow any situation to plug us off. And that means we must be willing for him to mold us as a child of God. Relax in the hands of God. You know, this morning, Pastor Bimpon said something. He said, how do we activate this? He talked about faith. He talked about um, faith. He talked about perseverance. I just want to add that, you see, we also, you, know, you look at chapter 59, in verse 16, he talks about intercession. The Lord, when the people were in the dark, he was looking for somebody to stand in the gap so that he would restore them. It's a result of that, when you couldn't find, that he himself brought us to chapter 60, when he says that, arise, shine. I believe, I believe that God is calling us this year, not to be praying for just ourselves, but to be praying for one another, praying for people that are in need. And no, don't, don't just say, oh, I, 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 I don't understand, sister, I don't understand, brother. Those that are weak, he says, he that are strong, bear ye the infirmity of the weak. Let's be in a, a time of intercession, one for the other. Because that's what you see in chapter 59. The Lord was looking for intercessors. And he said, God, he, could, he found none. He himself had to now do that work and give the, the grace of God had to apply. And after that, he said, arise, shine. May you be an intercessor. May you be the one that God can trust, as uh, Pastor Bimpon said. And another thing I learned from this whole chapter is talking about humility. Humility. You see, you cannot enjoy light unless you submit to light. That, I won't have much time to talk about that. In the, in the book of John, he says that, and the light shines, and the darkness does not comprehend the light. It means that I must admit that I, my level of light, there are levels of light, and the lighting I have, if a superior light comes, I must allow the superior light to help me. And there are ways of plugging into the superior light. Hallelujah. You know, I was born again many years, a number of years, but I didn't have that, where, what I have today. But by connecting to people that had superior light, Reverend McCauley, Duncan Williams, and others like that, and uh, my, uh, my brother here, Reverend Dennis, and all, helped me to get to where I am. And I'm still plugging in to other lights 
You see, even though, and, and those lights should be higher, uh, be connected to the everlasting light. Not any light. If you connect to, uh, it's like you have a, a heavy duty refrigerator and you connect to a, 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 a six-battery six of the ever-ready, you can't power it. Even though it can light a torchlight. Catch it. Capacity is important. How you connect affects how much light you can give. Many of us are connected to light we cannot give enough. And when you see, when you identify, he said, he said, and, 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 and so when the prophecy that the Lord gave through Pastor, he said, and the greater light. It means that some of us are connected to less light. Some of you, your best friends are your, are your advisors. Your husband is there, you don't submit. That's not a, a, a greater light. Your husband is born again, but you don't take him for anything. It's not a great light. By the, if your husband is connected to Christ and he has the light of Christ, he is, that's the spiritual authority in your marriage. You are connected to other lights which are inferior, which doesn't give you the power and the boost that you need. So when you put it on, you see the light cannot to come dim. It's light, but it's not light enough. But you need to plug in to some light, and it comes by humility. By acknowledging that there is something called greater light. That is why the scripture says that the light shines, the darkness cannot comprehend it. You must accept that, hey, even though I have a little light, my light is too dim. I need a higher light. This one is a deeper understanding. Amen. At the right time. And last but not the least, we must be discontent with our situation. It's tied to what I've just said about humility. You see, a child of God must know. He said, he said arise. Shine. It means you must know that, hey, I'm down there in the dungeon. No, no, it's not good for me. Oh. Don't be content because, oh, your Christianity is, oh, oh, my wife and my children, my husband, everything looks rosy. So, once I come to church on Sunday, everything's fine. And everything, mommy, daddy, boy, girl, everything, let's go. And we're coming. And we have a car riding and coolie, coolie. Hey! Don't be content. Don't be content. If it comes to spiritual things, don't be content. When it comes to even work and money, don't just be con- don't just sit down. The fellow, I bought one, I built one house. Build another that others can enjoy. The Bible says a good man lives an inheritance for his children, children's children. Don't say oh, me, me only me, my wife and children. No, work hard and let the Lord bless you and be faithful to God. Don't say, oh, me, you plan your life. Some of us, as we are aging, we plan our lives such a way that you and your wife, and when you grow, no, the, just, the generation is gone. No, that's not the light. That's, it says everlasting light. That can you ever say, Afibo? Can say, Amen. Light which will last, Afibo. Financial light, spiritual light, the things we are doing, the intercessions we are doing, the prayers we are doing. Don't pray for just today. Pray for the tomorrow. Pray for the generations. The commitment you have. If you are a ministry leader, department leader, don't look at things today. Don't look at, oh, pastor will just see, so I'll do it and do it nicely. Pastor will see, then you say, oh, you done well. No! We are doing it for posterity. Everlasting. In anything you are doing, aim. Be discontent with contentment. Are you getting me? Be discontent with, this, with contentment. Don't let anybody tell you you are doing okay. And then you are just 
complacent and you are just there. If you do that, you will never have the everlasting life. A time will come, your life to grow dim. Once upon a time in Ghana, Accra was lit by generator. Then came Akosombo, now we have thermal plant. Because we want eternal, we want everlasting life. We want life that will last. That's why we have moved from the, the Osono to generator. From generator we have moved to Akosomo. Now Akosomo is getting old. We want Tema. And then one day we will have some other means. That is how it ought to be. I pray God will give you and I understanding in this message. It's, very, it's, it's a very wild message that God gave us last 31st or New Year. I want us to bow our heads in prayer. Take yours which belongs and let the Lord bless you. Talk to God about yours. Any part that applies to your life, take it.